0: It was funny because my friend al and i were watching it and you know i was cringing at some parts like oh that's you know so bad and then at one point him and i got the giggles because it was you know it was something that we both thought was really bad and we Mm -hmm. got the giggles and we started you know kind of like going (coughs) and i think some people were looking at us like you know what are you doing you jerks you know (laughs) And I couldn't just say, well, it's okay. It's my film,
1: you know? You are listening to Geekdom in Powers. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hassan, and this is Geekdom in Powers. Today, we have comic book creator and award-winning animator, Paul Pate. He is as you will see, on a deep, personal path of doing the art he likes in the way that he wants to do it. This is a very personal story, and therefore a perfect story for Geekdom Empowers, where we find out how the inner geek in all of us empowers us. The Geekdom Empowers podcast talks about journeys, where last time we talked about the three guys who began with the podcast and wanted to empower other geeks like themselves. And in a few years, they created basically an empire, a growing, burgeoning empire that is showing the world and bringing to light the storytelling, uh, the storytelling power of Africa and African creators. This time we take a personal route of one man to become a great artist. So check out this conversation with Paul Pate. It is hot in here, like, uh, uh, like a Tennessee Williams uh, play. All right, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, nice to meet you.
0: Likewise, sir. Can we begin with uh, the posters behind you? Uh, what, what oh, sure. The- yeah, like, welcome to my studio. Good Great. And uh these are uh pulp fiction. You, I, did you see Pulp? Yeah, that's
1: pulp fiction uh on your right on my left. Yeah there's
0: uh yeah and I think uh okay I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read them to you. Hold on, hold on. Let me put my glasses on. Okay, we'll start over here with this guy right here. It says and he springs this gourmet shit on us. Yeah. What flavor is this? That's the the line from the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in the middle here is Jimmy. And he says, I buy the gourmet expensive stuff when I drink it. Oh, I buy the gourmet expensive stuff when I drink it. I'm saying it wrong. I buy the gourmet expensive stuff. When I drink it, I want to taste it. Mm. That's that one. And then this one is uh, the wolf. Winston Wolfe, and he says, "If I'm curt with you, it's because time is a factor. I think fast, I talk fast, and I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. So, pretty please with sugar on top, clean the fucking car." So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I painted those. So, oh,
1: nice. Yeah, look
0: great. Yeah, I like. Pulp Fiction is probably my favorite movie from <laughs> from way back. Have, have you seen it?
1: I have seen it once a long, long time ago when it came out, and I remember, it like, it wasn't one of my favorite movies. At the time. <laughs> I like a love for hate, everybody. I have a love-hate relationship with Tarantino. On the one hand, oh, okay. he's super talented, and he can write mm-hmm. well, and he can direct well, and he knows what he's doing. On the other hand, he's got, like, a power trip, not a power trip that he's on a power trip, but... He's got yeah. characters that are all about having excessive power and that drives me like uh, like he uh, yeah. was in World War II having uh, like basically doing anyway it's uh, I, have, I have a love-hate
0: relationship with him. I can understand that for sure. Yeah. 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 Some of his movies I didn't, a lot of them I didn't like just plain didn't like, you know, like Hateful Hate, I didn't like that. It's just didn't make any sense to me. It was gross, but you know, some of them I really liked. So, but they're all, you know, very, very, could be very offensive if you don't like it. And yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. You know, it's like a, it's definitely a strong cup of coffee. <laughs> so. Yeah. personally,
1: I just, I, I, I just think it's about, it's about the wrong thing. Like he's, he's, he's using it to give power to people who didn't have power. And mm. and that power isn't the solution. Other things are the solution. Like uh, you know, I, you identify with people, you experience the story, uh, mm-hmm. you you basically you you empathize. That is right. the true power of uh, uh, of a story. Not having uh, a, 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 a power fantasy about yourself. Uh, oh,
0: interesting. I yeah, okay. I yeah, I'm not sure I understand what you mean though. But okay. as opposed
1: to superheroes, <laughs> where it's actually it's not a power fantasy about yourself, it is about
0: empowering people, which is very different, right? Which is what your podcast is named after. Yeah, very interesting. Yes. Oh, cool. I have to keep that in mind going forward <laughs> as I as I rewatch some of his movies or you know think about it. I guess. Yeah.
1: It's my personal thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's uh, let's talk about you. How how did you get here? Like, what is your path? What is your origin story?
0: Well, you know, uh, in regards to comic art and art and, um, you know, animation, that's what I do. My story will begin in Flint, Michigan. I was, in, I was in my early 20s. And uh, have you heard of Flint, Michigan? I have. That's a,
1: where they had the, the problem with the water lately, right?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I lived there for a few years when I was in my early 20s. And, uh, and I had a roommate who had this big collection of comic books. And I had, of course, growing up, seen comic books, you know, um, but I was into sports And I grew up in a religious home. And so it was in my late teens that I finally kind of got out, you know, and could think for my own. And I really liked movies and I like stories, you know, and I like fiction. I started really getting into that. I went to college and started reading, you know, they gave us um, some reading assignments and and I was like, Oh, you know, I actually like books, you know? (laughs) So and then when I lived in Flint, I had this roommate who had all these comic books. So then I, I looked at them with this different, you know, this more of a, my own viewpoint. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, look at all this beautiful artwork and these crazy stories, you know. And and uh, I just was, I was like, my eyes were like, boing, boing, you know. <laughs> And so that's where I think that's my origin story. And I remember my friend, his name was Ron. He's the one who had the collection. He loved like, you know, X-Men. And he loved all the superheroes and all that stuff. And I just couldn't get into it. You know, like the the superheroes and the tights and capes and things. I just didn't understand it. It was too fantastical for me. And so I was like, I want to try to draw, you know, um, but I love the like the sequential art and the storytelling behind it. The idea of like making a picture or making a, a painting or something was, I like that. I've always done that. But I really like the, the storytelling. I would like to be able to make a picture that tells a story. And then so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, sequential art, that, that makes sense but the but the superhero stories as much as i thought they were you know amazing i liked stories more like about um like one of my favorite tv shows back then is there was a show called homicide life on the street i remember I if you're, yeah, yeah okay yeah. great one of my favorite shows probably my favorite show ever until they made the wire which came after that which was made by the same people but um uh so, I wanted to make a s- sequential art like that. So, I tried for, for years and I st- stopped and started, and you know, many, many uh, iterations of different things. And it just never, I never completed anything. And it went on for years. And in my late 30s, I finally uh, completed my first graphic novel. And it was called Detective Perez. Detective Perez. Welcome to Rust City. And Rust City is a fictional city, but it's based on Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, so the and then uh, from there, I had another graphic novel, and then I've done um, short comics. Uh, and, and then a few years ago, probably five five years ago, I uh, found out that I could do animation. So I made a, couple, a few short films, animated short films. How did and you find he, out you can do animation? Okay, well, I, incidentally, I um, started a podcast similar, you know. Um, that's why when you were, like, telling me you did three a week, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's a lot. Because I've, I've tried, you know, not, I didn't, I didn't try to do that many. But um, anyway, one of the first people that I uh, – interviewed on our podcast was Deacon Burns who was a musician from Cleveland and he I found him through an animated film called Counterclockwise in Foreverland and he was the main his his he did the voice him and his wife did the voice for the main characters and they were also like the, the characters were based on their real life band. And so I interviewed him on my podcast and it was fun. And he introduced me to Jim Luhan mm-hmm. who, uh, who animated the film. And so I talked with Jim and Jim actually knows Ken Mora. So Jim introduced me to Ken Mora as well. So um, cause Jim just knows everybody, but anyway, Jim Luhan is an independent animator and he, he, he was, him and I talked and, and, uh, He's a, Jim Lohan's a lonely fella because there's not a lot of people that do animation and make entire films from, from beginning to end. And that's what he does, uh-huh. and he's got this massive collection of short animated films that are great. And I just I looked at what he had, he had done, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to try that. You know, and he was like, oh please do because I want to have somebody to talk to about it. And so, uh, yeah, I did, and. Um, you know, got some, a little bit of success in the beginning. And so tried a few more and it's been fun. So yeah, that was, that was great fun doing animated. I mean, it's a lot of work, but uh, yeah. it's also fun. One of the great things about uh, doing short animated films like that, to me, one of the most fun things about it is collaborating with the voice people and the music people. Cause you get that when you do a, a, like on my graphic novels, it was just me writing and drawing, and you know, um, it's just me. But this, you get the inf- input and influence of others, and that's and it becomes something greater, you know. And that's a lot of fun. So, how yeah.
1: does that cooperation work? Like, do you let the actors do the voices first? Do you try to show them how the character acts, and uh, and then let them mm-hmm. do the voice or
0: yeah, uh, for me, I, um, I write out the script, script and the screenplay. And then I actually have my friend Al uh, worked with me on most of them, and he likes to write, and he's got great ideas. And so we did it together. He was, uh, but I did most of the idea and the writing. and then uh, And then I send it off to the people that have agreed to do the voice acting, and they record it. And I try to give them as little direction as possible because I like to see what they come up with. Mm -hmm. You know, which is usually completely different than what I had in mind. You know, if they read the story and they're like, well, this is what this person would sound like. And uh, so, uh, you know, the the great thing was, this is a funny one. My first real short film was called uh, The Train Job. And the main character is this guy named Cookie. And uh, he basically, the whole film is him reading a letter. And so what I did was I wrote the letter out and I gave it to my son who was like 12 at the time. And he's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't act. And I'm like, no, you don't have to, all you got to do is read this yeah, because that's what it, you know, that's what it's, if if, if, it, if it, when you're reading, it, if it sounds like you're reading it, that's perfect, you know. And so he read it, and uh, the only thing I did to his voice was just made it like deeper, and he and it sounded like a grown man reading it. But so that was really fun, is to get his. He was the star of the film, you know. So anyway, but yeah, we just I just send it off. They send the recordings back, and it's kind of tough to get the recordings sometimes to different voices to sound like they're in the same room because the backgrounds are different and things but um usually you can get it close and it's independent animation so sometimes it's not perfect you know (laughs) but how is it uh, how is it uh, to
1: hear your words said by uh, an actor or actress that must be i mean i mean i remember my first time I was 20, I wrote a play that was accepted to some uh, festival. Oh, okay. They, they started rehearsals without me. The, the, the director forgot, forgot to, to invite me. So, <laughs> so I came in two weeks after they began. And when I heard that, I, I, I need to look at the paper to see I wrote those words because they sounded completely different
0: from what really? I Really? Uh, yeah. That first did you like that? I mean I did, good? yes, yes. I got yeah. that button, yeah. Yeah, same here. I mean it was it's that's really fun to me is they make it come alive and like make it something completely different than you pitch better, you know. It, yeah, it's just it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's like taking, you know, your you know, taking my bad drawing and making it good. <laughs> you know, that's fantastic. So that was easy. So yeah, yeah, I found it to be really fun. Yeah. So, and sure. how much
1: how much dialogue do you have with the sound people? You said uh, you need both the sound people and the actors. That's the dialogue.
0: You yeah, had. yeah. Well, I really did. I did the sound myself. The music, my friend Al, does the music, and because uh, I'm not a musician like at all, and but I wanted to have original music on there. And so that was also kind of neat because the music that he did was not what I would have done. But I was like, okay, you know, this is, your, this is the, what you picture the music to be like. So, you know, you do it. And uh, I liked it. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun.
1: And what happens, like most people have heard, of course, about independent animation. But what happens to, once you finish it, a short animation, right? It's
0: short.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens then? Like you must the process submitting to festivals or, or what?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can tell you for me, um, the first film festival that I submitted to, I got a letter back from them. Um, it was rejection, sure. and and I remember I was at a McDonald's. And I, it was an email and I was in line at a McDonald's and I looked at my email and I was like, Oh, I got the rejection letter. I have a film. That's cool. I was like, this is really cool. I got a film. I mean, it was, it it was a good experience. You'd think it would be bad, you know, but i was just, I was so happy to complete it, you know, and have it out there. Yeah. And, uh, So that was awesome. And then I got another rejection. And then the third one I got back was the first one that I got accepted to. And then that was really exciting. I was so excited. And I, uh, you know, my wife and son that was in the film, went to the film festival and, you know, some family and friends met us there and we, we, uh, watched and my, my friend Al was there as well. And, uh, And that one was cool because what they did was they played several films. They would play like say four or five films together in a row in this one theater. Mm -hmm. And, and they would pack the theater with people and you'd watch, you'd all watch these four or five films together. And then, you know, that would take like an hour and a half. And then, you know, you'd take a break and go off and have lunch or dinner. And then you'd come back and they would play four or five other films. And so it was a theater full of people watching my film, and uh, that was amazing. You know, Um, I don't know if it was narcissistic or (laughs) what it was, but it was it was also you know like oh my gosh, Um, very intimidating and humbling, and yeah. So it's
1: being exposed on the one hand. Yes, yes. On the other hand, you experience this is what you wanted. You wanted people to experience your story. Right, right. And you saw them do it, which is
0: amazing. Yeah, and they, and you know, it was it was humbling because they actually applauded and it seemed to, and they laughed at the right time and and uh, different things like that. And so it was funny because my friend Al and I were watching it, and you know, I was cringing at some parts, like oh, that's you know so bad. And then at one point, him and I got the giggles. Because it was, you know, it was something that we both thought was really bad, and we mm-hmm. got the giggles, and we started, you know, kind of like going. <laughs> <laughs> and I think some people were looking at us like, you know, what are you doing, you jerks? You know, <laughs> and <laughs> I couldn't just say, well, it's okay, it's my film, you know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was really, it was, a, it was really fun. I, I, I actually, uh, my father-in-law had made it. This is a one of the posters for the for the film the train job yeah so... and my father-in-law made a kind of a book about the whole weekend um it has just pictures and different things
1: <coughs> made in Michigan.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, ah, so nice yeah just you know different ex- things about the weekend um and uh so this is I really love this book it's it's one of my prized possessions so yeah um but yeah yeah it was, that was so anyway that that was the culmination of well the culmination of that particular uh independent animation was this which uh, is the best animation for that week wow so. best
1: animated film
0: yeah so That's amazing um yeah, that was, that was
1: your first film.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then uh, I've made, a, a few, I made three or four since then, and uh, and I've been to a couple film festivals, but my success hasn't been the same. <laughs> so I kind of, yeah, I came out of the gate swinging, but I'm still trying to duplicate that success. So what
1: happens? What happens to uh, in many like. You went to one festival, you won the
0: prize. You Mm -hmm. then send it to
1: 30 other festivals? You know, um,
0: I I think that's typically the path that people take, but um, I didn't do that with that one because by the time I had gone to a few film festivals with that one, I was already moved on to the next one. I wanted to do better. I wanted to try something a little different. And uh, so, you know, I uh, I was moved on. And so that one, I went to some film festivals, you know, back then with that one, 2015. And I haven't submitted it to any since. I, you know, I think because if you win an award, then you can put that, um, I can't remember the name of that little, the, yeah, the logo me, with the leaves on it. What do yeah. you call that? I, I
1: don't know, I think the, the, logo. the
0: logo. Yeah, yeah, say, you know, the best animated film that I, um, there's a word for it but then you you know you can promote it as that and it gives you a better chance to do better yeah. at other film festivals but I, I haven't done that with that one because I've just kind of moved on in a in a creative sense you know so um, that is what it is and I'm, I'm happy with the experience and the memory of it and uh, you know <laughs> that's um yeah, I would like to get better at it. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. But So you're trying to improve? From, yeah, from yeah. Context. Yeah, like, for example, with the graphic novels, I set out to do, when I started the first one, I had this idea in my head that I'll do three of them. And by the third one, I'll be really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I've done two. And so... Um, and they were a lot of work. <laughs> sure. So I'm kind of, I'm not there yet, you know, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the results I got out of the first two, so. But um,
1: isn't it true that, you know, you can't be, you can't achieve being the best you can be. You can improve always. Mm-hmm. Whatever right. you do, you can always do better next time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like true. you have a goal, and once you reach it, that's it. I, I got
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's true in a sense. There's also, like, for example, um, I do caricatures, and I'm, I, I'm still improving, but I would say I'm proficient at it, you know? I'm to the point where I would say I can do that, you know? Whereas when I first started out, I'm like, yeah, this is a little bit sketchy, you know, and I got to a certain level and I can do it. I can do a caricature, Mm -hmm. but I'm always, yeah, I'm always still improving. So I guess I feel the same way about an animated animation and uh, comics is that, you know, I'm especially with comics, I'm improving, I'm not quite there where I want to be yet. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, you can, no matter who you are, I think you can always improve and grow. And I think if you don't try then the fun and the, and the rewarding part of it is that you're done. You know, you're dead. If you're not trying to improve and grow and really trying something new, you know? So I don't know if, if that's what you think, but.
1: Always you can't actually be the best in my opinion right you, right you have something perfect and you know if you look at something perfect long enough you will find a way to do something better right you find all the faults
0: yeah so yeah
1: and you can't stay perfect because it was perfect for one thing for one moment in describing mm-hmm. one moment one feeling one story and the next story right. is different
0: right and,
1: I also feel that there's so much technique, especially in animation and uh, drawing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I come from writing, but but there's so much technique. But on the other hand, technique helps you bring yourself out. It's not a thing by itself. When you're stuck, it shows you how to get that thing you wanted better. Because if you follow the technique, you know, you'll do it. It, it, That's the path that will make it shine, Right. But the trick is to be yourself the most. Right. If, you, yeah. if you're close to yourself, if you, if you get find what you are right now and you get that out, that is perfect.
0: Yeah, I think – yeah, so I don't know if it makes sense what I was saying, but I think, like, if you become proficient at writing or drawing or animated filmmaking, comics, anything – at a, at a certain point then you can express yourself and then it becomes more about that than it is yeah. about actually trying to trying to do the thing right you know it becomes more about i can i know how to animate a film i know how to write a story and now it's writing a good story and making it you know mm-hmm. really good you know making it expressive making it a connection to the reader or the you know the viewer so, with with uh, anim- animation and comics, I don't know that I'm there yet. I would like to be. I'm, I would like to be better. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, I don't. I'm not shooting perfect for perfection. I'm not a perfectionist by any means. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm still going. So.
1: <laughs> and how are you with uh, people? People's responses like have you gotten any responses and um, fans talking to you and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh,
0: you know, my mom always says that I do great. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, of course I love that, you know, it's, it's, it's great to get, uh, I think that's probably my favorite thing of it is, you know, Hey, I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, or you know that was that was really good, um, uh, and you know some people buy the stuff, and that's always rewarding. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not real great at marketing and stuff. I just don't spend a whole lot of time or energy at it. You know. So how do you get your stuff
1: out there? Well, do for example, begin? yeah.
0: yeah like the, the graphic novels are on Amazon and they're on Comixology. And so uh, I don't sell any on Amazon, but Comixology, there's people that buy there. They buy my graphic novels a little bit. So um, yeah, that's, that's about it. But then I've done some commissioned comic books, like just short comics, like, uh, like The Samurai Tie. It's just a 24 page short story. Yeah, and uh, for you know a guy named Ty, and uh, so wait—is wait, that something you did or Yeah. the guy named yeah. tai did? No, I, he, this is a guy a, a guy named Ty. That's a and picture. This is a pardon. That's a picture. It's not a drawing, right? Yeah, this is a photo of the man. Okay. His name is Ty, but this comic is about Samurai Tai, a fictional character. You know, this guy turned into a fictional samurai. I see. <laughs> yeah. Cool, so, is he your, your friend? Yeah. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. And uh, he, he has a he's, a... he's Yeah, he's a marketing guy who sells hats and figures and uh, action so, figures and skateboards. And so he wanted to kind of create a... So what does he think that you created a samurai tie with his... Uh, yeah, I mean he loves it. He sells this comic, he sells this comic all over the world. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that's that's probably that is one of the most rewarding things. So what he does is he sells these comics to people that he knows and you know that he comes across they they'll buy it. He'll send it to them and there'll be some and what they do is they take a picture of it, right? And send it back to him. And so here's a picture of somebody in Belgium. Hey, I got my Samurai Tai comic book. You know, to me, that is the coolest. You know, to have my artwork and my story in Bel, somebody in Belgium or New Zealand, or you know, I mean, all it's 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 amazing. So that's that's a lot of fun, but because I think as an artist, that's what you want: just connect with people and and uh, just to have them look at your art is fun. So, yeah, yeah, so.
1: That is an original idea, and I, I love it. I love the way you did it. It's uh, <laughs> what, what other crazy concepts, if any, did you do?
0: Like for right now, I'm working on a, a comic, the writer of it is in London, and uh, and it's about, this is about a musical revolution. That's uh, what I'll say. It's, so, yeah, I'm actually was just inking the last page of it today. So wow. I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be done with it. <laughs> Big day. So check this out. I don't know if, uh, just from listening to you, your podcast, uh, maybe you can relate to this. Um, my favorite author is uh, Walter Mosley. Have you heard of Walter Mosley? Yes. Devil in a Blue Dress, he wrote and- uh, I've heard of him, I haven't read him yet. Okay. Anyway, he's my favorite author. And one of the things that he he said, I watched an interview with him because he's also written some nonfiction and the, they asked him, you know, what's what's it seems like nonfiction would be easier to write. And he said, like, it's a lot more difficult to write nonfiction because fiction actually is more about the truth than nonfiction, because fiction has to be even though you're making it up it's fiction, it has to be true mm-hmm. or it won't be any good. And I just thought that was really neat, a neat thing to say. So I don't know if, if that rings true to you, but... Um, it does. It, there's, there's actual...
1: It's, you can actually get away with less writing fiction than writing nonfiction because things yeah. happen in the real world. that If you put them in a book and you say, this is a story I invented, people will not believe you. <laughs> right, right. So like, so things have coincidences, things that are said, uh, mm. the way people behave, all mm. kinds of stuff just isn't believable if it wasn't truth. If it, it didn't really happen. If it right. was fiction, you couldn't get away with it.
0: You have, you have to <laughs> right.
1: limit yourself to believable things.
0: Yeah, which was hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the genius of a writer, you know, I think.
1: Well, that is I, I get the impression from that it is a really personal journey for you
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. yeah it, yeah, my stories, you know, my writing is, I think is very um simple and, and I, I won't say it's deep or anything, but Um, Yeah, it's the the learning to do it, the learning to do it, and uh, yeah, it's very personal. So, uh, and the stories are, you know, they come from my heart. Yeah. So, yeah. And listen, is there
1: anything uh, we didn't cover? Because I feel you've told like a really personal story about your path and where you are and what Mm -hmm. you've done. Is there something else you want to uh, say?
0: No, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean it's I, I feel like I've talked about myself too much.
1: <laughs> but it's an interview so, with you, so you, you were supposed to talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I don't have anything else to cover. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Th-
1: thank you yeah, very book, much.
0: My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. I l- I really enjoy your show too. It's good. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's uh, an interview with you coming up, you should listen to it and
0: uh <laughs> I will. <laughs> and Excellent. also the other episode and so this podcast, the this podcast, the geekdom empowers, you've really enjoyed meeting others and getting to know people. This is it is
1: crazy because I am an introvert, I'm a writer. Oh, okay. I, I can do anything by staying at home. Yeah, not seeing anyone. And this is mm-hmm. kind of, once I, this is new, but one, after the first interview, I just suddenly, you know, my brain went like this and I can, this is me going out into the world and talking to people. And it's talking to interesting yeah. people and fun people and meeting people. Uh, I, it's like going to a party without going to a party. You stay
0: you Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, it's amazing. So isn't many it? cool people, yeah. Yeah, I know. I uh, think of like, you know, the internet, You know, it's this crazy, dangerous, weird world, but stuff like this, it has opened up amazing opportunities and friendships and and relationships that are just been incredible. You know, like I told you, I'm, you know, I interviewed Deacon. Yeah. He lives in Cleveland that which led me to Jim who lives in Los Angeles. And, you know, since then, so I met Jim in person in Iowa of all places and then, but I've met through Jim, I met Ken Moore in, in Los Angeles and, and, you know, just just to open up my world just because I had this silly idea that I would start a podcast, you know. So, yeah, it's so. So, how did incredible. that go? How did the podcast go? Oh, it, it went great. I mean, for, you know, I had like 30 episodes and then I just stopped because it was, you know, I don't know, even know why, but I just, Kind of just came to the end and I, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I just stopped. But I've actually been thinking about starting it up again. What was it called? Paul, (laughs) I wish I could have come up with a better name, but it was the Paul Pate podcast. So (laughs) I wish I could have come up with something more inspired, like Geekdom (laughs) and Powers, but too simple, I guess. But yeah, I feel the same way that you do, you know. Uh, yeah, th- this is me going to a party, right? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Meeting strangers,
1: and, yeah.
0: Yeah, and interesting people that inspire, you know, for
1: sure. Right, and you look for people like, would that person agree to talk to me? What? Mm-hmm. She would. And that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. Good. Well, uh, good. Good luck on the the podcast, and uh, I'm just honored to meet you. And uh, let's keep in touch.
1: Honor to meet you, and absolutely. And it was great meeting you. And uh, good luck with you know just growing and being great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for Paul Pate. If you've noticed, he mentions Ken Moa, who was the first guest on our first episode. And that is because Ken is the one who brought Paul and me together. He suggested Paul, and Paul's great. And uh, the rest is history. Check out Paul's website at paulpate.com. P-A-U-L-P-A-T-E dot com. There is a lot of art there. It's really good. He, he is also Paul Pate in comicsology On Twitter, he is at Pate underscore Paul Underscore is the word I was looking for a few episodes ago and couldn't find it. On Facebook is Paul Pate. On Facebook is Paul Pate. Next time, because there's always a next time, we talk to a manga artist who also went on a personal journey. So stick around for that. Gig the Mean Pause releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. If you want to contact me about the episode to suggest more guests, or for any reason... Email me at guy.hasson at That's G-U-Y. H-A-S-S-O-N, dot H-A-S-O-N, like nerd, at gigdominpowers.com. Check out our website, geekdominpowers.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at gigdominpowers, no hyphens, no spaces. And we are geekdominpowers on TikTok. So join us in two days for the next episode. And for now, have an empowered day.